You're listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Nordstrom Short Pump Town Center will now be closing for the evening. That was my lovely wife uh, giving you guys a sample of what she used to do every night when she worked for Nordstrom down in Short Pump before leaving her job uh, to launch Life on the Verge so us two crazy youngins could crawl on a camper and hit the road ministering to the least of these. Well, today on uh, Hope Signals... We're going to talk about a fairly obscure scripture passage that might bring a little hope to you dreamers out there. So hang on, it could be just the word you need to keep pushing. And then I want to give you a couple of tips that might help you endure the trials associated with birthing a dream. So anyway, where we're at, we just landed last night. Where are we, Susan? Miami, Florida. (laughs) We're in, uh, actually we're in Florida City. We're, we're in between Key Largo and Miami because we're getting ready to go uh, do some prisons down here. And it was 78 degrees at 10 o'clock last night, and I was in flip-flops and shorts, and I ain't complaining because I am a bring-on-the-heat-and-humidity kind of guy. And Susan, you also love the heat and humidity, right? No. Uh, Like I said. So we'll be going first to South Florida Reception Center, the main unit, be the first one that we go in and we do three days there I think and uh, we go there I'll tell you ultimately um, it's because uh, you know they say go where you're celebrated not where you're tolerated well we're technically celebrated in any prison we go to but um, there's a man there by the name of Sal he's in his 70s he spent most of his life in prison and he is the most encouraging man and he sends us a Christmas card every Christmas and this year it just really checked our hearts so we got to come back to Miami and do the prisons down here so that prison that we go to first is the geriatric unit where they have a a lot of older guys most of the guys are in their 70s there's even guys there in their 90s and so we're going to try to bring a little joy to their world and uh, the hope of, of Christ to them. Then we'll go over to the main unit, and that's where guys are just starting lengthy sentences, so the mood is slightly different, but we are traveling in style this time. Uh, Compared to the first time we came down to Miami, uh, we're in a 2015 Jayco Seneca Super C, which is incredible. Susan has given it the name, what do you call it? Mocha. Mocha, and it's got this thing that says Outlaw across the bottom, and so she's called it Mocha Outlaw, but today I'm going to start calling it the Shekinah Wagon. Anyway, that's a different story. No. <laughs> the uh, It's a diesel with plenty of power. We got slide outs, and we got a king bed, and so that is awesome, but we began by doing what was necessary and using what we had. There's a really popular quote out there by St. Francis of Assisi, who said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. So Susan, why don't you tell them a little bit about our our, uh, first camper? Oh, our first camper was lovely. First of all, I really loved it. It was a 1989, and the decor was from the 80s, but it was leaky, it smelled, it was musty, 
It had very old carpeting, and every time it rained, we were reminded of just how old the carpeting was because all the smells would come out. But, you know, God blessed us with that camper, and we made use of it. We lived in it for two years and traveled around the country in it, and that was our home. And I thank God for that camper, but, you know, I really thank Him more for the one we have now. Yeah, yeah, well, we were... Towing it with a 1991 Chevy van that was completely stripped down. The seats didn't even uh, move up and down. It was really crazy. I'm telling you that uh, just to say they were humble beginnings, and there were some serious labor pains associated with getting life on the verge off the ground. And we still face plenty of challenges, um, but there was nothing like those first steps out of the boat. And if you're going to step out on a vision or a God dream where your heart's really engaged with it, uh, it's going to hurt a little bit. And so our, our first trip to Miami, this week was in 2012. That's when you'd left your job at Nordstrom. And we were living in the RV full time. We crawled into this leaky 1989 camper, dragging it around with this old Chevy van. And uh, we hit the road and we were like two teenagers. We were just like, we're, we're free, we're free. And we're coming down I-95 and we had the first blowout on the camper. And uh, thank God we were right at a camping world. We pulled off the interstate and uh, we uh, pulled into the Camping World lot, and we parked there overnight, and by the grace of God, right down the street, one mile, we were able to go get a spare tire, uh, or a new tire put on the camper, but the, the wild thing is that uh, this camper had four tires, two tires on each side on the back. Uh, the wild thing was that was the last one of those tires they had, but it got us back on the road, and uh, we were having problems with the starter. We weren't sure if the fuel pump was messed up and it caused the starter to go bad from cranking the starter. And so yesterday we just came through Vero Beach again. But the first time we came through Vero Beach and stopped at a gas station there, we were, we were on this inaugural voyage. And we pulled, well, I didn't, I didn't want to turn the van off when we stopped for gas. We were only a few hundred miles from Miami and I didn't want to turn the van off because I was afraid it wouldn't start back. So I pulled out of, I let it run while I pumped the gas and then I pulled out into a major intersection. Traffic's whizzing by everywhere and the van just turned off cold. I turned the key and I had nothing. Now, now please understand, we are stepping out in faith to do this thing. We're bound and determined to get to Miami to minister to these inmates. But here we are, we've already had one flat tire, and now the uh, the thing is just turned off. I've never been broke down with a 29-foot trailer behind me with traffic whizzing by in the turn lane. I didn't know what to do. So what did we do, Susan? We grabbed hands and prayed. Immediately. And what happened next? It started. It fired right up. And I, I made the U-turn. We just joined hands and said, Lord, we don't know what's going on here, but in the name of Jesus. And, and I turned the key again, and it fired up first try and we made a u-turn and got back on i-95 and then we had yet another flat tire now we're about a hundred miles outside of miami and uh, i'm it's it's too late everywhere's closed to get a new tire uh, but i've got one good tire on, on that side and i started to call one of my friends that's traveled a lot in an rv to ask his opinion if it was safe to travel like that but then i thought no if i call him he's going to tell me th that that's a foolish idea but i know i got to get to miami so what did i do i cranked it down to 45 miles an hour on i-95 and we traveled 100 miles at 45 miles an hour and we pulled onto the church lot where we were going to be staying and I was just rounding the corner of the church, and the van turned off, and it would not turn on again. But we had reached 
our destination. And uh, then the next morning, I got up and I called a friend, and he walked me through how to take the starter off the van. I'm not a mechanic, trust me. But I got the starter off. Now I'm covered in grease. I got my greasy clothes on. I mean, I, I haven't shaved. I grab my lovely wife, I put the starter in a book bag, put it on my back, and we start the half-mile walk to advance auto parts to get a new starter. And tell them a little bit about the humorous part of that little journey. Oh, my God. So we were crossing busy, you know, intersections, and we get to this one, and we're standing waiting for it to cross, and the traffic was heavy, so there were cars, you know, going slowly by us. And I remember looking at this one car, and there were three women in it. And I look at the lady in back, and she's looking at us with this look like, oh, poor people, because we were all greasy. We looked homeless. And just the look on her face, but then they wouldn't make eye contact. And we were just laughing at how many people were looking at us like we were homeless because Mark was grungy looking. I hadn't been able to shower because we hadn't been able to use our, our camper. And we just looked homeless. And it was hilarious. We were laughing so hard at how people looked at us and viewed us. But go ahead. Yeah. All, all I needed was a uh, piece of cardboard with, uh, you know, we'll work for, for beer money or something there on the corner. But, uh, you know, all along, all through all of this, there was a sense that this was just labor pains. This was just getting the bird in flight. And, uh, and so we were able to repair the starter, but apparently the fuel pump problem was still there. So it was wearing out the new starter, but we continued on. We did our ministry in Miami. It was incredible. People came to the Lord. We rocked out, had a good time, and we were just on an all-time high. We headed up to Moorhaven, Florida. Again, this is the maiden voyage of life on the verge. And we had yet another flat tower. See, see, I've learned a lot about RVs since that time. And and uh, the tires on this thing when we bought it apparently were dry rotted, even though the tread was good. And uh, so now we've blown out three tires. We get that tire repaired. We minister in prisons in, at uh, Moorhaven. And then we made our way to Daytona Beach for playing music at Daytona Bike Week. And uh, we dropped the van off at a garage to get the fuel pump repaired. They repaired the fuel pump. And uh, we did all of our ministry in Daytona. We hit the road. Now we figure we're good to go. We pull out of the church lot where we were staying over to a gas station, turn it off to fill up, turn the key, and I got nothing. I couldn't believe it. So again, we joined hands and we prayed. And long story short, the garage sent a mechanic out. It was a completely separate issue. A fusible link had burned up, and uh, he repaired it at no charge. So that was a blessing. And uh, then, then the last thing, we were making our way back to Virginia after this great voyage and just feeling like, praise God, we've been used by God. Life on the verge is off the ground. And a tractor and trailer slams on brakes in front of me, and I slam on the brakes. And I'm a 29-foot trailer just coming around behind me like a jackknife. But I didn't quite jackknife, and I didn't make contact with the truck. All was well. The brakes worked great. So we traveled another, I don't know, five or ten miles um, before I decided I needed to get, pull over and get gas. And as I came off the uh, exit ramp, I realized I had no brakes. And so I was using the emergency brake and the gears and everything to get off the exit and pull onto a flying J lot, crawled up underneath of that thing. And sure enough, the brake line, we someone had given us this van and it, it had sat for a while. The brake line had rusted out. And I was, but I could see where it rusted out and all the fluid had come out of it. And so 
I searched through my toolbox and I found one of those little air conditioner, uh, those things you use to charge your air conditioner, those little blue hoses. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They come with those little cans. And I had two band clamps and I cut that hose and I patched that thing like MacGyver and I filled it up with brake fluid. And then we were able to drive down to a uh, auto parts store and actually get the right coupling and, and patch that bad boy up. So the point of this is, is that uh, any vision, especially a worthwhile vision of something that's going to really make a difference, it's going to hurt. There's going to be labor pains. But here's the good news, and here's that scripture I was telling you about. In Isaiah 66, 9, I read this scripture at, at just the right time. You know, there's times when you God just lets you see the right thing at the right time. Some people call that a rhema word, um, but it just stuck with me. It says this, this is the Lord speaking, do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring delivery, says your God? You know, when you look at, you know, when you're pregnant with a vision, so to speak, there's going to be labor pains to bring that thing to delivery. And, you know, Susan, you know what it's like to be pregnant a few times, right? Uh, yeah. What are some of the great things about pregnancy you get to go through? Swelling, bloating indigestion, swelling, gaining massive weight, leg pain, swelling. And then when you, you, you know, when your water breaks and you actually go into labor, it's extraordinarily painful, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, but there's a sense of excitement that something is about to happen. There's nothing quite like that, folks. When you step out in faith and you start moving in the direction, you know, there's a long gestation period. Does that say that right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but then that moment comes where you actually make the step. You know, that big step from zero to one, that sometimes is the biggest step. Um, and there's fear and there's uncertainty uh, and maybe even some uh, embarrassment or fear about what people are thinking because you're crazy, but you're stepping out on that dream. And there's pain, there's labor pains, but there's a hope that something's about to happen. And, and this scripture, God doesn't bring your vision to birth and not give delivery. I'm not saying he wouldn't redirect things, and, but all things work together for good. And, and you will see that thing come to pass if you endure the labor pains. Um, you know, uh, that process, let me ask you this, Susan, was it worth, worth the pain of going through the labor? In pregnancy or yeah. in our, our journey here as life no, on the verge? Well, actually both. <laughs> both. Yeah. Yeah. We created three wonderful human beings. Yes. And with life on the verge, even though we went through that maiden voyage, going through all these things happening, people looking at us like, what in the heck are you doing? You left your job, you left the money, the security, the health insurance, you left your home, and you're doing all this and all these breakdowns happening. But we can look back on it now and laugh and just say, look what we went through, but look what we've done. Look where we're at now. Look where God brought us to now. But we had to go through all that to get to the point where, you know, now we look at it, breakdowns are just breakthroughs. You know, all these trials that we go through are building more testimony for our journey and for people to see, people that want to start out on their own, well, they see what we had to go through to get to the point where we are. And we've got a lot further to go, but I tell you, it was worth it. I wouldn't trade what we do for anything in the world.
Yeah, that's why you know that something is a, a God vision or God dream is that the could be becomes a should be and finally turns into a must be. This is something that I was born to do. I was created to do. And sometimes, you know, like I, I reckon like you, we've had three children and the, the first one was the most difficult because it was your first child. And then the second and third, you kind of know what to expect. And, and so your, your, uh, your capacity for that kind of pain and going through that has, has been increased. And the same thing is true. Like today, we still face difficulties and challenges, but God has stretched our faith to where it's like, well, it, it's inconvenient. We don't like it. Matter of fact, on this trip down, we had a, an incident that cost us $850. We were without hot water for a few days and had a uh, power buzz in our transfer switch. Not sure what went on there. This camper's only five years old, but we had to stop at a camping world and stay overnight and cost us 850 bucks out of our budget we didn't expect and uh, we had 1200 bucks on repair on one of our vehicles uh, right before we left and so um you know inconveniences uh, but we're, we're we're not shattered by that because god has stretched our capacity to deal with labor pains and so let me just give you two quick tips and you know when i say a god dream and a god vision sometimes it's a grand thing it's a life thing like you know what susan and i are doing today or a business that you want to launch it's going to be this long-term thing but it takes vision to pull together the resources to take a missions trip or to put on a special event or you know do something that means something to you you get a vision you can see it happening it's got to happen well there's going to be levels of pain as you go through that and let me just give you two quick quick tips to help you endure the birthing process that helped us and the first one is this examine your motives Examine your motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? If it's simply to stroke your own ego, mm, you're going to run into trouble. Before Susan and I launched Life on the Verge, we got away. Before she left her job at Nordstrom, we got away and we fasted and we prayed for a couple of days in a cabin that someone let us stay in uh, because we were about to make some major, major decisions. And and uh, we got in separate rooms and prayed and read the Word of God. And then we came together and we both had the same theme. You remember that? What was the theme, Susan? Mercy. Mercy. Mercy was to be our motive. There were so many different things that connected right there. When we, we flipped on the TV, somebody was preaching on mercy. God gave Susan a scripture about mercy. God kept speaking to me about mercy from a different part of scripture. And we knew that mercy was going to be the motive. It had to be the motive for why we were doing what we were doing. Not so we could travel. Not so we could get out and play music. And let me tell you. Because if that was the goal so that we could get out and play music and we could travel and, and uh, do our own thing and that kind of stuff, man, we would have gave up a long time ago. But driven by mercy, it's like, you know what, we've got to do this. God has told us there's a, something bigger at stake than our comfort here. And so examine your motives. Uh, you know, the loving God, loving others, that's the, the bottom line, isn't it? That's what Jesus said. That's what it means to be a Christian. So the second tip is this. Expect a nevertheless moment or a crossroads, a quitting point. There's going to be points where you're going to want to give up, where you're going to want to quit. And uh, you know, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, there's your homework. Read that. Um, that's a great passage where, where Jesus is uh, teaching and then he steps into one of the boats. And, and actually, Peter and the, the fishermen had been washing their nets. They'd fished all night. They didn't catch anything. They were done. Anybody that's went out fishing all night and caught nothing, you know how frustrating that can be. And this was their living. They didn't come in with anything. And after Jesus finished teaching, 
You can imagine the first thing they felt like doing was going back out fishing again, but that's exactly what Jesus told them to do. And Peter the fisherman looked at Jesus the rabbi carpenter and said, Master, we have fished all night, but nevertheless, at your word, we will do it. And so they sent the boat back out based on nothing but what God had told them to do, what Jesus had told them to do, and they almost sunk the boat. They caught so many fish. And so you're going to hit those nevertheless moments where everything in you wants to quit, but you know in your heart it's a nevertheless moment. It's a quitting moment. And, uh, you know, Peter came back after they caught all those fish, and he fell on his knees, and he called Jesus Lord. Ultimately, God wants to receive the glory. He wants you to know that he's your father, and he's the one that provided. He's the one that brought the breakthrough when you ran out of energy and resources. And so those two things, examine your motives, expect a nevertheless moment, and press through it. I talk about that in my book, Thrival Mode. You can check that out on Amazon if you'd like to read a little more about that topic. But anyway, it's been great being with you today. And our prayer is that you do have a God vision, you do have a dream for your life, and that you are building your faith and you're working in the direction of that dream. And as you do so, just uh, expect some labor pains. But what God is going to allow you to give birth to is going to be well worth it. Amen, Susan? Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks for listening to Hope Signals. I pray that this is good news you can use. Remember, you can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. We're about to set out on an eight-month tour of prisons around the country, reaching thousands of the least of these with the good news that God offers forgiveness and redemption. Many men and women end up in prison because of things they just didn't know, a lack of knowledge. So we aim to inspire them to do the best they can right where they are with what they have uh, with the hope that God won't leave them where they're at. We always can use your help to do that. We're a completely donor-funded ministry that counts on your gifts of support to keep us on the road and in prison. Uh, we know you have many opportunities to give. We would just pray that you would consider uh, Life on the Verge. You can help us by giving a tax-deductible gift uh, through our website, lifeontheverge.com. We are recognized 501c3, so your gift is tax-deductible. Uh, you can also help us by telling others about Life on the Verge, sharing this podcast. Maybe you know somebody that's been in prison or they have a family member in prison. Um, those kinds of folks are, are sometimes apt to want to help us do what we do as well, and, and uh, we can uh, be a blessing to them too. A third way you can help us is maybe talk to your pastor or leader about having Susan and I come in and share some music, a message, or a testimony uh, with your church or your ministry. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great day.